This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. I just had the most wonderful conversation with a guest, the guest being Rachel Lubavisky, who is the CEO and co-founder and chairwoman of Setuply. Uh, she has served as a limited partner for both 2048 Ventures and GTM Funds. She previously founded three additional B2B technology companies, including uh, Everything Benefits, uh, Knowledge Sum, and Search Feed. She graduated from the Wharton Executive MBA program and earned her MA Computer Science from Brandeis University. She's also an avid traveler, a published author, and currently resides with her family in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Pretty, uh, ooh, pretty la-di-da, right? (laughs) I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, Um, but I got a really pleasant conversation. We had such a good time talking about uh, artificial intelligence, technology, and workplace uh, so many different things. We just we just chatted away. It was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to her, and I think that will show up. Oh, I think right. I think you will pick up on that when you listen to this podcast. So I'm going to stop talking. Uh, stand by for a great conversation with Rachel Lubavisky right after this word from my sponsor. This episode of the Jim Stroud Podcast is brought to you by Source Owls. Source Owls is an online platform that brings together thousands of experienced executive recruiters with hiring managers to fill pressing human capital needs quickly and efficiently. Are you looking to improve your recruitment results while lowering the cost per hire? Wouldn't it be great if you could name your price for each placement? Source Owls uses a breakthrough recruitment ecosystem that delivers high-quality candidates quickly and at a significant cost savings. Here's how it works. Source Owls puts you in control with its Name Your Price model. That's right, you name your price for each hire. We partner with thousands of niche recruiters across the country. Our recruiter ecosystem grows daily as we add new recruiters to the platform. You select what recruiters you want to work with and create teams for different job types. Imagine using one vendor agreement to tap into an ever-growing community of successful recruiters. These recruiters have a minimum of five years of experience and are eager to work on your recruiting projects. The platform is simplistically designed with talent pipeline management, so you will always know where your candidates are in the interviewing process. With 80-plus automated notifications, candidates and recruiters are updated seamlessly. The results are guaranteed and there is no cost to post your jobs. SourceHouse allows you to take control of the recruitment process. You have never encountered recruiting like this before. Go to our website and start posting your first job now, or schedule a demo with us. To learn more about how SourceHouse can produce results for you, click the link in the podcast description. 
Hello and welcome to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Special guest, tell us, who are you and what do you do? Hey, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Rachel Lubavitsky. I'm the CEO of Setuply. Nice, nice. What What is Setuply? Tell me a little bit about that, if you would. Setuply is a client onboarding automation platform that helps transform brand new client relationships into brand advocates by streamlining client onboarding experience. Very nice, very nice. Now, I looked you up, of course, prior to the podcast, and I saw that you had a very uh, illustrious career, a, a sort of an entrepreneurial journey, and it, it, it puts to mind a couple of things. Uh, one is, uh, when I think about your background, I think about AI and its impact on the workforce, uh, on the workplace. How would you say AI has already impacted the workplace? And can you give me some examples maybe you've encountered with artificial intelligence in your entrepreneurial journey? So with this latest uh, venture, Setuply, uh, we kind of, all, all of us experienced this massive point when ChatGPT and other massive AI platforms became day-to-day -day reality. Uh, and I think it's transformed the workplace irreversibly. While you currently still have, and it's kind of fun to run into folks that are in a little bit of denial, hey, this this is not here to stay, this may go away. I don't think I don't think that's what's happening. I think the the point is irreversible. Mm -hmm. AI is a part of our personal and professional lives. And at this time, it is helping us do more, be more productive, grow faster, learn faster. And I view it as 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 an enormous sidekick that's helping move everybody forward faster. Yeah. I, when I first saw ChatGPT in motion in January, I had the same sensation that I had so many years ago when I saw the internet for the first time. And I saw the first email, uh, CompuServe, this is really dating myself. Um, it had this, it, I felt the same way when I saw it. Did you feel that way too? Like the whole world just changed when you saw it in, in action? Yeah, we, we spent a couple of days uh, kind of at work and at home reflecting on this is major. This is, it will change how we go on vacation, how we work, how we connect with one another, how we learn and research information. At, at this time, when you you know type in, remember the times when you type in and do a search and click link one, see what they have, link two. Not anymore. You get the answer in seconds, like less mm -hmm. than seconds. Um, and a lot of times you don't go back to really validate and check. So there are, there are definitely implications. They're positive and negative that we will continue to explore and learn as, as the time goes on. Can you share um, any insights into how AI can be leveraged to improve client onboarding processes, particularly in addressing deficiencies? I know with Setuply, you, you do a little bit of that. Definitely. Uh, so multiple dimensions and how that could be done. Uh, one of the obvious ones from the client perspective, and, and it is starting to be used across the business uh, business ecosystem, it's helping answer questions. It's basically a robotic AI that learns from the most typical questions that are being asked and helps provide answers to clients instantaneously, uh, much better than those hardwired uh, sort of programs that are not self-learning. So a system that's self-learning, that that learns from experience and continues and gets better and better, 
really relieves the pressure on the client success teams and also makes improves the job satisfaction. How how satisfying is it to answer the same question over and over and over and over again? So it kind of moves them to the next plane, allows uh, allows them this the support teams and implementation teams to engage on a deeper level, more complex, more creatively, just as what humans do. And from the kind of back-end operational perspective, uh, I'll give you one example, and there are so many. Uh, when you're looking to make onboarding projects more predictable, uh, more on track, you know, get some kind of metrics in place, hey, onboarding should run three months, uh, six months, however long. Uh, a lot of the t times those estimates are driven by human estimates. Hey, it will take me like two hours to do this. Oh, no, it will take me five hours. It will take me three days. AI actually learns seeing different implementation reps implement and kind of says, hey, that task should really take this much. This is the baseline for how long this difficult task should take. And that provides guidelines to the management so they can play, plan better, hire better, train where appropriate. Uh, it provides feedback to the clients. How long should they really be expecting uh, for their projects to take? So multiple dimensions and how AI in just one little thing like task uh, management and learning for how long it takes to do certain things can learn and provide guidance to the leadership, to the team that's working on it, and to the clients. I can see uh, some of the obvious benefits uh, of integrating AI into client onboarding. Are, are there any challenges that come along with that as well? If so, can you talk about those and how to overcome them? So you have to be, sort of going back to the client example, you have to be mindful, probably all of us are familiar with sort of being caught in the phone loop mm. where you call in for some customer support and then you caught up in the maze and you say something and the robot answers back something and then you say something else and you, you feel like there's no humans, there's no one there to help you. So. Whereas AI is wonderful and good and great, at the end of the day, we know we have to be aware of its limitations, uh, of the fact that it could uh, it, it could learn wrong things, it could learn wrongly. Uh, humans should always back it up and 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 kind of make sure that there's no one who is lost, no one who is being led in the wrong direction. So trust, but still stay involved uh, because AI cannot replace humans as awesome as it is. You have to be mindful of the fact that humans have to be able to, to, to connect with other humans. So that's on that side. And uh, as far as, you know, again, I'll take the task example because maybe it's easier to, to kind of stay on the same point. Uh, you know, a lot goes into getting something done, you know, going to the, to the post office to pick up mail. Hey, what if you run into your neighbor and have a conversation? Uh, what if there is traffic on the way? AI may not be aware and mindful of all the different things that can happen in the realm of somebody working on something. So again, we need to have humans involved. We need to constantly think of those different scenarios, just like uh, folks in the automotive industry are trying to train uh, self-driving cars, all the things that can happen on the way so it could make the right decisions. It applies everywhere where AI is used and you have to really teach it all the possible thing you, things you can think of and then still be in the background in case something unexpected happens. I think you uh, are giving people a sigh of relief because there's been a <laughs> lot of chatter about, you know, AI taking the jobs away and this total destruction. I've always, I sort of look at it, I won't get your opinion on this too, if I may. I sort of look at it as, <clears throat> as the, um, when the advent of the ATM, uh, uh, went online and, and and there was a big 
PR push, marketing push about, you know, do all your banking through drive through and you don't have to see the teller. And people are saying, oh, tellers are going to just go away and the whole industry is going to be, be done. Uh, but it didn't happen. Tellers are still there. They're just doing different things. Even with AI um, getting online and, and replacing a lot of tasks, I don't see jobs going totally away. I just see them really just sort of changing. Is, is that how you sort of see it as well? Definitely, definitely. If you dig in into just about any area like healthcare, mm. you know, you can have AI help out with diagnostics, but they, at the end of the day, it can't know everything. It can help with identifying personalized medicine, but every human is unique and you can't anticipate everything. So it will make lives easier, but it will, I think, force us to be even more on top of our game to be able to ask smart questions Mm -hmm. So that we can get good answers, because a lot of it is it's a matter of what you're asking. You're only getting back what what, you know, w w the extent of complexity that you're going to hear back is is directly related to the type of questions that you're asking. So all of us will have to be on top of our game. And I don't think that uh, we're looking at a massive job loss. Uh, even in something, I think one 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 kind of obvious example early on was oh, we're going to lose all the content writers. AI is going to be writing all the content. No no more block. Everything you're reading is no longer real. Right. Uh, we'll be able to tell that real quick if that happens. And you're going, to stop, you're going to become resistant and stop reading that content. So you're going to have to become a lot more creative. Even if you use AI to source some of the ideas, you still have to allow your creativity to take that to the next level. That's a good point. And I think that's one that, I don't think a lot of people really focus on. I mean, you can have automation and technology make uh, improve a phone, but it won't come up with an iPhone, you know, something new and something different. You know, it'll just keep improving what's already there to a certain point. It's interesting. Another uh, conversation that comes up a lot around AI is is ethics. You know, um, are there any ethical considerations you think that arise from using AI in the workplace? And and so, how do you navigate those as an entrepreneur? So a, a lot of, it's definitely a very, very active and open dialogue with multiple dimensions, such as uh, we've seen some examples in the corporate world where AI very quickly becomes very inappropriate if you teach it the wrong things or if it learns from the wrong data set. So that could become an issue. Uh, privacy. You know, right now, anything you say to to any questions that you ask and any results that you get, how do you know there are ownership questions, copyright questions, who really owns that derivative product? Uh, what happens if uh, there are some companies that outright forbid the usage of uh, AI in the workplace, like something like ChatGPT, because they were afraid that, you know, you're going to feed in the last research report and say, hey, can you make it look nice? Can you put some nice headers and whatnot on it? Uh, meanwhile, it's highly proprietary, highly sensitive information. So the the, the privacy sensitivity uh, of the information is 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 a consideration. Um, and another one is access to AI. Uh, you know, in, in a workplace, some folks who have access to AI who are able to use it might have an edge over those that don't. So you have the question of fairness and equality where people don't have the same access to tools that allow them to do their job better. Yeah, it seems like there's a, a potential 
a great potential to make a uh, to exasperate the lower class and, and upper middle class and in the higher echelons, even so, because if they don't have access to all these different tools, they're going to just sort of be left out. You know, um, it's really, really concerning. And then also what you said, too, about copyright issues. I think that's very interesting, too. I I heard how someone recorded a song with some artist that was all done by AI or something. They took the artist's voice and remixed it into an original song using using that uh, artist's voice. And I thought, huh. That's interesting that if I was a musical artist, I would that would be concerning for me if someone could uh take a sample of my voice and make new music. Or if I were Warner Brothers or Sony or some other big music company and say I owned all of the rights to Prince's music or Michael Jackson's music, you know, I could have a new Michael Jackson out album out every year for <laughs> the next millennia. Yeah, you couldn't I, tell the difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I looked at that, I said, man, that is really concerning. So I thought the only way to get around that, well, there may be other ways, but the the way I thought about it was if you somehow found a way for artists to monetize the sampling of their voices. So if if someone uh, took a sample of my voice and made a song out of it for whatever reason, uh, then I would get maybe like a nickel or a quarter every time somebody plays it or something or uses it. And then, then I was, then I was making money off of the sample of my voice. Then I could see the artists embracing it more and we would see more experimentation. What do you think? You think that's, you think that's the missing element of some of the AI adoption maybe, or some of the nervousness around it because there's just not a way to monetize it just yet. It's I, I think we are at the sort of a babyhood of, of, of this, this new, wild world and it will remain to be seen because one of the things is you could argue that the voice is nothing else nothing nothing other than you know sequence of sounds at a particular pitch can you copyright that is it similar to Mm. other artists it will potentially spawn a whole new industry that is working on protecting that and building protections around that unique like this particular sequence is your DNA of your voice Um, sort of an NFTs for the sound just like we have NFTs for the visuals Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah I think it will spawn a lot of industries that that will sort of work on protecting those rights that talented individuals artists have uh, before sort of AI starts to take bites out of it I noticed that there is a new AI company popping up every other day. <laughs> and <laughs> it makes me wonder, will we get to a point where everything that's been invented has been invented? Um, <laughs> but uh, w- at what point do you think it'll get to a point where, okay, we've invented everything we possibly can. Let's just stop and <laughs> further develop what we have. Or do you think that'll never happen? I think uh, that's what makes us humans. Uh, we probably the the, the the guy who invented the first sort of a stick to to hunt the uh, um, you know cyber tooth uh, you know the the the, the wild animals uh, way back when probably thought hey this is the cutting edge tools I have this stick this is fantastic stick oh, a I don't spear? Think anybody a spear <laughs> yeah. or yeah the, the next mm. guy invented the spear and said spear is like the cutting edge of all the hunting equipment there is there's never going to be anything else and then they invented a gun uh, 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 and a bow and a crossbow I think 
it, I guess it's it's a little bit of a generational thing that we think that this is it. We cannot go any further. This is the end. But I think the fortunate thing for us is we witnessed the creation of the internet and we witnessed the next revolution, the creation of AI. And I'm hoping we, you know, we'll still be, be around when there's going to be further amazing things that we ourselves cannot even imagine yet. Mm. With so much attention on AI technology, what do you think are skills that workers should be developing um, in, in light of all this? Because there's one mindset being that, okay, uh, I really should get into technology and really uh, learn something to do with technology because that's where everything is going. But on the other hand, if AI does it, then I would have spent all this time learning technology only for it to be uh, designated to a robot or some kind of automation. So what are some type of skills that workers of the future should be maybe focusing on now in light of AI doing so many things? I think we should continue to stay involved with technology. Mm. Uh, Right now, what gives a lot of people discomfort about AI is that it is in many ways how it drives and makes decisions is a bit of a black box. There, There's challenge understanding why certain outputs are produced. And so we ourselves cannot just say, hey, this is a magic box. It produces answers. You, you can't take that position. You really want to understand why this is happening so you can manage it. Uh, you, you could continue improving it. So uh, kind of a future advice is definitely stay computer literate and stay on top of the latest technology um, innovations. But on the other hand, uh, one key area where unfortunately that the, the COVID had taken a bit of a toll on the recent generations, it's engaging with one another. That's where we have the edge. That's where the humanity is, the communication skills, being able to share ideas to grow together. Uh, I think we 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 absolutely owe it to ourselves to continue to, as the future generation, generations, learn to express ourselves, learn to communicate, to share, uh, because AI is not going to replace that. And uh, we need that to, to, to grow as humanity in the future. Why don't you say that? I was having a conversation with someone the other day about... Uh, emotional intelligence. And uh, we went over to indeed.com and did a search on the term interpersonal just to see how many jobs appeared in the search results with that phrase interpersonal. And it was it was 80,000 or so. And I was saying that that is proof of on some level that companies need people with high emotional intelligence uh, across the board all different types of jobs, because to your point, technology can only do so much. You need to do things to sort of make yourself more sensitive to your fellow humans. You know, a lot of things in business uh, are just in the workplace come down to talking to people, managing relationships and and so forth. Um, And when we were debating it or talking about it, uh, I said that it probably is in a company's best interest to have some sort of volunteer programs going on inside of the company as a a perk or as um, some part of the culture of the company. Because if workers are, uh, I don't know, volunteering um, at a soup kitchen, giving food to the homeless, something like that, they're going to meet people they normally would not meet. 
and if, and they would be serving people they probably normally wouldn't serve. And if they can do that and maintain a level of professionalism, that's going to carry over into the workplace when they're dealing with customers. What do you think about that? And what are other ways uh, companies can encourage their workers to stay uh, more human <laughs> instead of uh, uh, instead of thinking that machines are going to do everything? Um, if that makes sense. Totally, totally makes sense. One of the wonderful things we did in our last venture, and we, we will continue in the future, it put a little bit of a stop to it because of COVID. Um, it's a it's a community day for the team where team members could get together and uh, take a day off to explore specific causes that they care about. So we had some some folks going to the soup kitchen. We had some folks going to the children's hospital. Um, others, you know, doing other things and it brings them together with one another so they can engage and learn more each other about each other interpersonally. They can also jointly pursue causes that are important to them, like the things that they really care about. And it's exciting to know that some of your teammates have the same ideas, care about the same causes. So it brought them closer together. It did do some social good. Um, I hope we bring that back. I think a lot of it took a backseat as a result of COVID and us sort of being shut in and, you know, do, doing things like that, being remote from each other. We absolutely need to get on top of it. And there's tons of other things. Uh, we just recently, uh, I live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, there was a our town market day and a, and a 10K uh that that run it was just so amazing to be running alongside with others and meeting your neighbors and meeting some teachers from my kids school and meeting the folks from my gym it was just amazing experience to engage with other people that ai as awesome as it is is not going to replace i like that outlook i like that outlook and i hope you're correct um one last question yeah you've been so generous with your time if you could predict what the workplace will look like, uh, what it will be like in the future, the future being two years from now, because it's, it's changing so fast. What do you think, um, because of AI <laughs> and the technology, what do you think the workspace will be like in, in two years? That's, I don't even go that, that Oh, my gosh. Far. We're really, really reducing the time span here. Um, I think we're AI is going to be used in uh, just about every area of the workplace, sales, marketing, customer success, uh, you know, legal, uh, just organization operations. Uh, there will be specialized forms of AI that will be custom developed to meet the needs of uh, these areas of their organization. And in fact, they would be further specialized maybe within the industry. Um, mm. So you'll see continued improvement in, in, on that front. Uh, it will be a fantastic tool to, you know, you could sort of talk about the, the kind of job that colleges are doing. And uh, we're looking at, that's a whole other discussion, potentially a reform of our college education and, and the kind of knowledge, whether the knowledge workers that it is producing are able to meet the needs of the modern workplace. But AI will help close the gap and will accelerate their learning practical skills and getting up to speed and, and really helping reduce that shortage, critical shortage of knowledge workers that we're facing in the workplace across all areas of the business. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, 
I, I like that. <laughs> I think that I think that would be. I, I, I'm had touch base even a couple okay. years. See how correct you are. Oh, you're writing it. Yeah, this this is going on record. Oh, I hope I hope. It <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say I I, I was gonna uh, predict that everybody has their own sort of AI. Like we have our own cell phones, and maybe we can like sort of walk into a restaurant, and our AI will just tell the the, the restaurant what we want because we eat the same thing all the time or something like that. Kind of kind of weird. And, and, and Jim here is lactose intolerant and he prefers a little on the salty side. So that's coming right, right off. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And speak to him in a, in a, uh, in a Russian accent or something. You'll like that. <laughs> side borscht with it, if you will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very cool. I have really enjoyed talking to you. If someone wanted to get more information about you, your company or anything else about you, how can they find you online? So they can go to setuply.com. That's where they can find everything uh, about us and what we do. They can also check out our LinkedIn page or our Twitter or our Instagram. Very cool. And I to make it even easier, I'll put a link in the podcast description to make it easier for everyone. Just click the link in the description and it'll go right there. Thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you. Thanks, Jim. It was fun. Take care. Well, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I'll see you again real soon right here with a brand new episode of the Jim Stroud Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached by email at jimstroud at jimstroud.com. And one last favor, if I may ask, please rate this podcast. Uh, five stars is preferred, <laughs> but uh, please uh, comment uh, with your honest opinion. I really appreciate that. All right. Okay, until next time, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, book nerds. nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!